the fruit reveals the root and we can see what is dominating our thoughts. And if it's not the Spirit of God, then we can repent and we can change the way we think. Hello, friends, and welcome. Thanks so much for listening. In this episode, I'd like us to think about how we can analyze the fruit of our thought life to get to the root of our thought life. Of course, the most famous passage on fruit in the Bible is Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verses 22. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. That is such a powerful passage of Scripture because it can help us identify the source of our thoughts and the source of our behavior. If what we're thinking about is producing uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, then we know that the root of those fruits is the Spirit of God. But if what we're thinking about is producing other kinds of fruit, anxiety, depression, worry, envy, jealousy, strife, anger, all the things that Paul warns about in the verses leading up to Galatians 5.22, then we know that the root is not the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 26.3 says, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. In James chapter 3, verse 17, it says, The wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And it's interesting how in Scripture, a lot of times we get these lists with a contrasting list before it. So the wisdom that uh, is not from above, but is earthly, is unspiritual and demonic. And he says where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. So the Bible is highlighting different sources of information. One is a demonic, earthly, unspiritual, and one is from above. One kind of fruit is from the flesh, and one kind of fruit is from the spirit. So there's no way to examine a thought per se. Uh, you know, thoughts are in our brains and have some physiological form, like a, an electrical current in our um, brains and things like that, but you can't see a thought. So you can't, just like if you want to look at the root of a plant, if you dig it up, you risk injuring or even killing the plant. Likewise, you can't dig out a thought. You can only examine the fruit that it produces. And so when we look at our lives, when we look at our emotions, when we take stock of our own hearts, we can examine the fruit of our lives, the fruit of our thoughts, the fruit of our hearts, and see what the root is. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25 says, Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. So if we're weighed down with anxiety, with fear, with worry, with jealousy, with anger, with covetousness, we can know that these, uh, this source is not coming from the Spirit of God. We're not walking in what Jesus Christ died 
to provide us. Jesus Christ died so that we could have an inheritance, so that we would be co-heirs with Christ, so that everything Christ inherits, we inherit. Now, of course, there's part of our inheritance that is yet to come. We're going to get a renewed body. We're going to get a brand new body when Christ returns. We're going to reign on the earth. We're going to live forever with him. And so there's part of our inheritance that is not yet, but there's much of our inheritance that is already been given to us. We've received a deposit of the Holy Spirit guaranteeing that which is to come. And that deposit of the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to walk in step with the Spirit, to keep our minds stayed upon the Lord, like Paul says in Galatians uh, 5.25, that we can live by the Spirit and we can keep in step with the Spirit. And so I just want to invite you to take stock of your emotions and of your thought life and to examine, uh, you know, if you're weighed down, if you're anxious, if you're worried, if you're not marked by gentleness and kindness and peace, then, you know, don't despair, don't beat yourself up. It's just simple. We just have to repent. We have to change the way we think, which is what it means to repent. In Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse 17, he says, Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. So Paul is saying, don't be like the people who don't have a covenant with God. All they can do is live out of the emptiness, the futility of their minds. He says, but you have the Spirit of God, so you don't have to be controlled and dominated by the futility of your mind. You don't have to just face life relying on your own wisdom or the wisdom of this world or the wisdom of the devil. You have the Holy Spirit and you can uh, walk in the new self. You can be renewed in the spirit of your mind, like he said in Ephesians 4.23, and you can put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So as when you take stock of your emotional state of your life, of your thoughts, and you examine the fruits? Am I I marked by peace? Am I marked by joy? Or am I weighed down? Am I anxious? Am I fearful? Am I worried? Am I angry? Am I covetous? Am I envious? As we take stock of these things, we can see the fruit shows us the root. The fruit reveals the root, and we can see what is dominating our thoughts. And if it's not the Spirit of God, then we can repent and we can change the way we think, and we can ask the Spirit of God to come and fill our minds with God's truth so that we can walk in what God has provided. The Bible says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So it's when we abide in the words that Christ has spoken, in the word that Christ has given us, the word that we are reconciled to God through the cross of Jesus Christ, that we have been joined with God, that we have fellowship with God, that God is not counting our sin against us, but that in the Spirit we have been joined with Him. We have been made the righteousness of Christ. We are blameless. We are holy. We are above reproach because of the gift of God's grace. And if we let that truth dominate us, if we let the Word of God dominate us, then we will know the truth The truth will set us free and we can walk in all of the provision of the Holy Spirit and we can 
bear the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And that's what keeps us from being conformed to this world. Like Paul says in Romans chapter 12, he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And that renewing of the mind is when we allow the Spirit of God to inform our thoughts and to dominate our thoughts and to fill us with God's truth and with God's liberty. Like Jesus in the boat with his disciples while everyone else is worried about the storm, Jesus was fast asleep. He had the peace of God ruling and reigning on the inside of him regardless of what the outside circumstances were. Jesus knew who he was. He knew his relationship with his Father. And out of that, he overflowed with the reign and the kingdom of God. And likewise, when we walk in the fullness of understanding what our position is before God, knowing that we've been forgiven, we've been accepted, we've been adopted, we've been made co-heirs, we've been made royal sons in God's kingdom, and God's calling on our life is to administrate his kingdom. As we walk in that, we can walk through this life undisturbed by the challenges of life, by the temptations of sin, the temptations of this world, and those things will have less pull in us, they'll have uh, less attraction to us as we walk in the fullness of what God has provided. And sometimes it's a process to really dig down and examine what is the thought that is causing us to be anxious or depressed? What is the lie that's challenging God's truth? Where am I being deceived in my thought life that I'm not allowing the Spirit of God to bear the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Maybe we need to drill down and examine, am I falling into the devil's deception in this area? Do I believe that if I had this thing, that then I would be happy? And so it breeds discontentment in me. It breeds a covetousness in me. It breeds, it breeds this jealousy in me. So I'm robbed of my peace. I'm robbed of my self-control. I'm robbed of my joy. Is it, am I, am I believing the lie that if I could just have one more sexual partner, that then I would be happy, then I would be fulfilled, then I would be content? Am I believing the lie that God is withholding something from me? You know, a big mind shift for me was when I stopped believing that there was something that God could do for me that he hadn't already done. Because at the cross of Jesus, God has already done everything that he could ever do for me. The glorification of my body that he's going to accomplish is promised, it's coming, but in this life, his divine power has already granted to me all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called me by his own glory and excellence. Second Peter chapter 1, he says, by his own glory and excellence, he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. May God give all of us grace to experience the fullness of what Jesus died for us to inherit. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Hey, thanks again so much for listening. We're launching a new initiative to make disciples and plant churches in the darkest parts of the world. If that's something you'd like to be a part of, please send me an email at d6 at createworship.org.
Every breeze that blows and every stream that flows, we hear your tenderness. And every star that glows and every cell that grows, it's clear your excellence. God, you're beautiful. You're so.